This is Money Talk. This is James Ross. It's uh, 18 minutes to nine. In your money today, Carolyn Wright asks how important having emerging market assets in your portfolio is for investors. Uh, Good morning, Carolyn. Good morning. In your money today, we're going to take a look at whether you should consider diversifying your investment portfolio by including emerging market assets. I'm joined again by Stephanie Long, who is CIO at Stashaway. Thank you for joining me, Stephanie. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having us. Oh, it's always good to have you on the show. So tell me, should investors be looking into diversifying into emerging markets? Emerging markets is an asset class that has been around for quite some time. And uh, when we think about our investments, I mean, there are a lot of global opportunities. Now, of course, a lot of us are already invested in emerging markets by investing in Chinese equities from a, a home buyer's perspective. However, I, we should also think about other emerging markets that are available globally. And a lot of these markets are actually growing very, very, very quickly. So, I mean, this is definitely an asset class that investors should not ignore. If you think about emerging markets, the way to define these investment opportunities is actually by looking at which markets are growing very, very quickly from the drivers of population growth or technology growth or kind of integration with the global markets. A lot of these different countries or markets actually offer a higher growth opportunity compared to developed markets where growth is not as quick. So apart from China, of course, uh, the other biggest emerging markets include India, Russia, Brazil, which are actually, in fact, if you take the first letter of each market yeah. uh, is called uh, the BRICS, B-R-I-C. Yeah. So this is actually one of the leading economic blocks in the emerging markets space. So let's look specifically at India, because that's kind of closest to home, I guess. India's GDP growing pretty quickly. What would you say the factors are that are behind that, that growth? If you look at uh, India itself, of course, the population dividend or population growth is actually one uh, of the biggest bull thesis or drivers of the economic growth in India, both in the past and in the future. So, for example, uh, I think a lot of us have read the headline that uh, India's population is actually surpassing China Mm -hmm. for the first time uh, this year. In fact, when we look at the projection for population growth, in the next 30 years, by 2050, India's population would have actually surpassing uh, 1.1 billion with a annual growth rate of 0.5%. Whereas for China, it's actually a different story. So China's population is actually because of the one-child policy is actually projected to decline on an annual rate of 0.9% for the next 30 years. So one reason why we're enthusiastic about India is because if you think about economic growth, there are two drivers. The first one is technology. Now, this is what drives like the U.S. growth in the last 20 years, for example, because by usage of technology, you can make things a lot more efficient and grow your economy that way. The other way to grow an economy is actually by having more people to work. And this is where India shines, right? India will actually increasingly have very, very young workers entering the workforce, producing goods and services for the country. So this is one of the biggest reasons why a lot of people have been getting more and more enthusiastic about India's growth uh, potential. But do we think that this is something that's sustainable in long run? It might be, you know, that we've got a good few years of this going on, but how long do you think that might last? 
if you look at India's growth trajectory, it has actually grown pretty quickly. And that gets reflected into the equity market's performance as well, right? Not just, I mean, this year, of course, India has done fantastically close to uh, double digits and outperforming a lot of the major markets. But also, if you look at historically, I mean, India has been growing its uh, GDP a lot quicker than other markets as well. And looking forward, I think there are two areas that has been historically a concern for the market. However, we also see positive changes on the horizon. Now, historically, the bear cases for India has actually been centered around two major issues. The first one being underinvestment and then the second one being high inflation. Now, let's look into each one of these in a little bit more detail. So for investments, India has indeed been underinvesting relative to its uh, Asian neighbors. So, for example, if you look at GDP itself, you can separate GDP in the different components. And the investment part is where India has been lagging. So just to give you some numbers, for example, historically, I mean, India's investment as a percentage of GDP has been around 25%. This actually compares to, for example, 30% for China. And actually for other emerging markets like South Korea, it has been averaging around 35%. So underinvestment has been a issue and which resulted in problems like not having improvements or enough infrastructure to support economic growth, etc., and historically, also, the government has been underinvesting in its fiscal spending. However, with the changes in policy, I mean, we're seeing a lot more investment from the government side. And indeed, if you look at the government's infrastructure spend in the past three years, it has increased significantly. So three years ago, the government has been spending less than half of what it's spending right now. And India's government actually have the room to spend because if we look at the debt to GDP ratio, it's still relatively low compared to a lot of other markets. So I think this first issue of underinvestment has been addressed and will increasingly drive India's investment boom going forward. So this is some area that we're quite happy about. The second area is high inflation. So India has suffered from very high inflation historically, and this is due to a few reasons. Number one is because India's CPI has a very high food component. And of course, like food prices depends on the weather. And very, very famously in India, uh, this is the monsoon season, which affects how crops are produced and which affects like the food CPI. So, for example, if we look at history, before 2015, India's CPI has been averaging around 8%, which is very high. However, since 2015, the government or the central bank also adopted a inflation targeting policy, kind of successfully lowered India's average inflation from 8% to 5%. So we see this inflation issue stabilizing. And also, of course, like with technology, with better food production techniques, then I mean, India should be able to get inflation more and more under control. And the reason why we care so much about inflation as foreign investors is because when you invest in India, you need to think about the currency fluctuations as well, right? For us sitting in Hong Kong, we have Hong Kong dollar or US dollar as our investment base. And if the India rupee actually depreciates against US dollar or Hong Kong dollar significantly, that eats into our investment returns. So typically in a high inflation regime, the currency depreciates, which is what we've seen in India like for the last 20, 30 years. But with inflation actually stabilizing, it makes more sense for foreign investors to invest in the Indian market of the local currency. 
So I think that is also why you're seeing kind of multinationals uh, going back into India. For example, we've seen Foxconn announcing that they're investing in a very significant plant project in India. We've also seen financial institutions like BlackRock or UBS like going back to India as well. So I think the the stabilization and in inflation and the currency actually helps a lot of foreign investors to get enthusiastic about the market. Okay, so let's take a look at how those investors can get exposure to India. What what are some good ideas around that? As foreign investors, it's, it's not that easy for us to get access to individual companies in India. However, given that the economic growth in general will actually benefit most of the big cap companies, actually a great way just to get exposure is through uh, ETFs. And these days, there's a lot of very sizable and quite cheap ways to to get access. I would encourage everyone just to I mean, look at different ETFs that are available in in the US. Well, it's always brilliant to get your insights. Thank you so much for joining me again today, Stephanie Long, CIO at Stashaway. Thank you.